Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Jeff Ponder and Kurt Price. Now here's your host, Jeff Ponder. Thanks to Smash and Gene Ackman for that great song you hear at the beginning of every episode. And what you heard is correct. You are listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. And I am your host, Jeff Ponder. Uh, You're probably wondering why this sounds different than our recent shows. Kurt and Bill are not present uh, for those that have uh, been loyal listeners to the show, first of all, thank you very much for listening as long as you have. Uh, we've had a couple times where the three of us just can't coordinate, we can't get a time where the three of us are available. So uh, in the past, we've just taken off weeks, and if you look back at last December, I think we even might have taken almost the entire month off, just because it's uh, such a crazy, busy time for so many of us. But I've decided... That on those weeks that we're not going to have our usual live shows, I'll post uh, something similar to what I did over the summer, the summer interview series. Uh, Just a a conversation with blues people or maybe uh, with another team's podcast or writer or blogger uh, to preview an upcoming game or maybe even talk about a past game. So this is the first of its kind of that. So uh, let's get into it. This is Season 7, Episode 25, Franchise Episode Number 158 of the original St. Louis Blues Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. I do want to ask you to please check us out at letsgoblues.com. There's a shop over there. Uh, Consider buying a reasonably priced mug, shirt, or sticker. All proceeds from that go back into the production of the show. Uh, Remember, we are not highly paid podcasters. Please subscribe to our show on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Plex. Also, make sure you tell a friend. Uh, That's the biggest way we can grow. So make sure you uh, let your friends know if you like our show, uh, whether they want to listen on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Plex, or over at Let's Go Blues radio.com that's where you can find our shows so the more the merrier please uh please let people know about us and if you uh like our show 
give us a five-star rating on iTunes um, and leave a review if you can. Tell them how great Bill Day is because we all know that's the case. So real quick, before we get into our guests, I do kind of want to recap a little bit from the past week since our last recording. Uh, the Blues went 1-1-0 in that time, four goals for, eight goals against. In true 2018-2019 St. Louis Blues fashion, uh, nothing really different from what we've already seen out of this team, with the exception of the 3-2 overtime win versus the Avalanche last weekend. Uh, that Colton Pareko one-hander goal was uh, pretty slick and makes you wonder, man, if only he could do that all the time, uh, we would have a hell of a defenseman on our hands. And then, of course, they follow that game up with a 6-1 drubbing, a deplorable game against the Arizona Coyotes, who we will talk about in a minute. But, uh, yeah, that, uh, that was not a, a, an exciting or enjoyable game. For really anyone, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure Coyotes fans enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, 6-1, that's just, we've talked about it before. Either this team is winning 5-1 to or losing 6-1, to and it just, it makes for not very exciting hockey, and uh, it's, it's frustrating to watch. But again, if you've been watching the Blues all season, you're probably getting used to it. Also, since our last recording, we've uh, had quite the amount of injuries pile up. Uh, first of all, Captain Alex Petrangelo has a hand injury, might need surgery. Robbie Fabry separated his shoulder. Uh, Doug Armstrong said that both will be reevaluated at Christmas. So you're talking really reevaluated at Christmas, which means uh, at least a month for those guys, which is uh, kind of depressing uh especially with Fabry just coming back from uh the the injuries that he's had and and now he's out with a separated shoulder so um I guess you could say no surprise there but at the same time it, it's uh it's not good to see we also have Alexander Steen out with a concussion and that's not good so hopefully he'll be back on the ice uh, sooner rather than later uh the only good news coming out on the injury front is that uh Jaden Schwartz and Carl Gunnarsson are, quote, both getting closer to a return, says Doug Armstrong. So uh, we'll see them back hopefully uh, within the next week or so. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to take. And, and uh, in their place, the Blues have called up Jordan Cairo, Jordan Nolan, and Chris Butler. We'll get into this a little bit with one of my guests. But uh, I was not a fan of uh, at least two of those players getting the call up. Uh, Jordan Nolan and Chris Butler. I just feel like it's time to see what some of these young guys can do. Uh, but they're used as 13th forward and 7th defenseman. I get that. But uh, as I said on Twitter, I think the Blues already have enough 7th defensemen on the roster. Other news uh, around the league. We have uh, the new Seattle franchise officially being announced as the 32nd NHL franchise, they will join the Pacific Division in 2021-2022. So that means that one of those teams has to come over to the Central to make it an even eight in each division in the league. So welcome to the Central Division, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, that is an odd choice, in my opinion, but... I'm not the one running the league. I'm not the one making the decisions. It just uh, it, that does not feel like that's the right fit. 
again, we'll we'll probably talk about this a little bit later, but um, I would have liked to have seen a proposal that I saw uh, where the two Alberta teams, Edmonton and Calgary, uh, more on Edmonton in a little bit, see them come over to the Central Division and uh, move Colorado over to the Pacific. Maybe Colorado doesn't want to play in the Pacific. I get that, but uh, I just think that makes more sense. Uh, Arizona, their natural rivals should be the uh, California teams and then, of course, the, the team in Vegas. So it just doesn't really jive with me that they're now going to be a central division team when, when Arizona, it's just, you think of the way the NFL used to be aligned and, and uh, you think, man, that, uh, man, some of these alignings just, it just doesn't make sense. Well, I think we're starting to see that a little bit with the NHL here. So uh, I don't know, maybe things will change. Maybe there's already talks of, of a relocation of another team or, Something along those lines that we don't know, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that was an odd choice in my eyes. So we'll get more into these topics a little bit with my first guest. If you're a Blues fan and you're on Twitter, you've probably heard of this very sarcastic gentleman. He's a coach, he's a fan, he's a blogger, Art Lippo from Twitter. You can find him at Art Lippo, L-I-P-P-O. Here's my first interview of this format with Art Lippo. I am here now with Art Lippo from Twitter. If you follow him, you know what he's about. You know what uh, he, the things he likes to talk about. So, Art, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, good evening, sir. Thank you for having me. I'm shocked you don't sound like Val Kilmer. I, I'm shocked I don't look like him uh, in, in some of those movies. So uh, it's, it's all around disappointment. So I try to at least keep the trend of disappointing everybody. <laughs> you at least have the mustache? Uh, you know, I, I try to lean towards the Fu Manchu, but, uh, you, know, we, you know, whatever we can work with. <laughs> all right, Art. So uh, I think uh, it's probably a foregone conclusion that that's not your real name. What is your real name? Well, my name, my real name is uh, Jeff Blair. Uh, you know, pride and joy of uh, St. Peter's, O'Fallon, Missouri. Uh, the whole Art Lippo name came up because uh, in a previous job and coaching assignment, we we weren't allowed to be on social media and everything. And you know what? I just had too many damn things to say, and so we just decided a whole bunch of us just to create names and. Um, an old an old coach of mine uh, said that he uh, used to have an old uh, dysfunctional neighbor with named uh, Artie Lippo, and it just the name kind of stuck. I thought it was hysterical, and you know, I got a lot of rave reviews off of it. So after I lost, after I left that gig and and everything uh, year, a couple years ago when there was no band, uh, I decided just to stick with it because the name cracked me up. And you know, I asked some friends, "Hey, should I, should I just go real name or stick with Artie?" And, Hey, they say, hey, go stick with Artie and the Avatar. It's kind of your thing. And, you know, I mean, everyone who knows me knows who knows both identities. So it's not a, you know, it's not a Russia nuclear secrets here. So, but, uh, you know, so now you get a little, get a little background with this. Basically, it's just us trying to beat the system a couple years ago when they had big Twitter bans and trying to silence everybody, uh, you know, through job places. So uh, I mentioned this to you off air. It's just funny because we have a couple mutual friends, as really anyone in the hockey industry would, because um, it's just a small world. 
that even those people call you art. Do you go by art a lot, or is it just kind of a, a joke that's kind of spread uh, outside of Twitter? I, it is, it's, I mean, most of the time there's alcohol involved or there's a random <laughs> passing in a bar or, you know, you know, a, you know, a, you know, a text or something like that. But, you know, if, if, you know, especially if, you know, my wife's not around, if I think if I acknowledged art in front of anybody, she'd probably kick me in the dick or something like that. So I, <laughs> she, she doesn't, she gets more annoyed of it, the whole art lipo thing to me. So I just, uh, you know, but everybody who really does know by one way or the other knows me. By both names, so I try to keep it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I try to keep fun with it. Uh, so, what's her name? Marge Lippo. Her? Oh, <laughs> uh, Francine. Yeah, Francine works. <laughs> uh, so you've uh, you've obviously played. We'll get into your coaching here in a bit, but uh, um, how how high of level have you played, and what position do you play? Um. Well, I I, I graduated from Lindawood and play on their division one team and I you know I play center from there but now that I am older balder fatter and slower I've been back to defense so I didn't have to skate as much uh Genius. all the all the uh all the injuries started catching up so I you know when I do play I you know I, I played center played center back when it was important and now you know in the beer league it's just defense unless they absolutely need somebody how many national championships did you win I didn't win any I I, I was the first I was on one of the first two or three teams. We had some pretty dang good teams there. I mean, we we set a whole bunch of records and and everything. But this was back in '03, '04, uh, like the first, you know, the inception. Like I actually helped uh, helped out on recruiting. And you know, back when we played, we our first year we were played at the family arena uh, before uh, Otters games and whatnot. So. It was uh, different different times back then, but uh, we were good friends with the roller team. They had that was back, you know, they're still having their heyday. But uh, there was a lot, a lot of good, a lot of good times, uh, a lot of good championships to uh, be won. But we just, unfortunately, that was before my time. Sounds like uh, when I was in high school, I my team made the playoffs. I think every year for seven or eight years before I came to high school. Then for the four years I was there, we did not make the playoffs. And then the fifth year after the, the year after I left. All of a sudden, they were one of the best teams in the state. Goes to show you, oh, I guess. That's, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we were, I think my senior year, we made it to the semifinals. I mean, that was our second year of existence. I mean, we, they were, they were perennial quarterfinals, semifinals. I think they even lost our finals one year. They just, they just been cracking to like 08 or 09. But I was, I was still in the system, but, uh, you know, on the, on the other side. But it's, it was it was neat being able to you know looking back at the fifteen years or so uh, you know all the good things I've had going on with that program and said hey, we were you know we were we were part of it and we started a lot of the tradition and, and built the history from uh, the ground level. Yeah, I mean you may not have won a championship, but I think you can consider yourself a, a pioneer for the people that did win. You paved the way. Well, we definitely won off the ice. If that counts, <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the Eric Brewer uh, approach. Yeah, I mean, there there might be some uh, banners hanging up on Main Street of all of our accomplishments, but uh, you know, besides that, all of those bars are even still around anymore. Hell, but yeah, we definitely won off the ice. <laughs> <laughs> if you could uh, say that your game is modeled after a certain player, who would you say it would be? At least who you try to model your game after. Uh, I mean, like I said, I, I'm a bit older, so I, you know, back, you know, back when it was, you know, you know, I, I, I was just a, I was just a bigger center that couldn't skate the greatest, but I just parked my ass in front of the net. So, I mean, I always, 
you know, they give me a hard time. I was always a Backus fan, so for without the good skating part, but you know, I, 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 I got all my points in front of the net. So somebody like that, Backus, Anderchuk, somebody, somebody that was an ugly skater, but somehow put the puck in the net, and that was that was me. I, I always enjoyed the, as you can tell, the squeeze. I always enjoyed the physical game and the the rough stuff. So you know, and was fortunate to uh, you know score every once in a while. So somebody, somebody along those lines. For fans closer to our age, maybe a Vincent Damfus. Oh God, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's that's a that's a. I, I don't know. That guy's way too finesse for me. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, Andrew Chuck's on a little bit better without a. Uh, you know, you know somebody. Somebody. Uh, that's all. I remember that guy standing in front of that deflection city and rebound city. Somebody. Power somebody play like specialist. That. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your coaching as well. Um, so first of all, where do you coach? Uh, well, I, I coach in the, uh, St. Peter's program, uh, St. Peter's Spear program. Uh, I got a nice little traveling team there. And then I have a, uh, uh, you know, uh, Fort South high school out of uh, St. Peter's. That's where I went to high school and kind of a given back type deal. Just uh, do some coaching, uh, out there. So. Nice, you know, nice two-team setup and uh, way too many nights at the rink right now. If somebody were to ask you what your coaching style is like, what would you say? Oh, man, what kind of bullcrap cliche can I give? Uh, (laughs) Give 110%. Oh, I mean, yeah, the full full 60, the 200-foot game. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's fun because both, you know, the older guys, you know, the high school kids and the younger guys, they both bring totally different stuff to the table so it's just mostly just you know teaching a past you know past experiences and makes them let them have fun but you know let's you know show that there's a bigger broader horizon up there um you know and, you know the sky's the limit you know back back when whenever we played i mean you could see the ceiling was right in front of your face but now with the uh explosion of hockey players in the area going it's like hey you know, i'm just try to be a part of it make them stay in the game long enough but you know if i can teach them one or two things along the way that that makes them love it and you know advances a career even to the high school or the junior level or triple a level then you know that's, that's a big success in my book um so man, i'm really gonna kind of pick your brain i guess with this question so when you and i were growing up you know we were taught certain things about uh about playing the game you know what was important but obviously in the time since you and i were we're coming up, and and uh, the kids you're you're coaching now, the game's changed a lot. Uh, to you, what has kind of stood out to you as something that that's maybe a, a new to the game that maybe uh, your coaches didn't tell you when you were growing up, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, back when you know, I mean, this is going back twenty years. Like the, the there wasn't a huge emphasis on possession like you know the game wasn't revolved around possession it was just you know you know get it out get it in bang some bodies and you know you know make them you know it was mostly more for forcing turnovers and capitalizing off of you know turnovers i mean the, the emphasis on possession wasn't there 20 years ago where it was like constantly hold on the puck pass the puck move the puck do you know puck protection you know it was it was anything and everything between there i mean not to mention they they bumped up the checking age to you know, 14 years old instead of 12 years old. So now you're, you can spend an extra two. I, I mean, I hate the rules. So you don't, you don't have enough time to get me started on that. But <laughs> I, I mean, but back then it was, hey, you know, finish every hit, finish your check, you know, make sure you're, you're knocking guys off pucks. You know, you're, you're, you're separating. You know, there's so much more emphasis on retrieving.
receiving the puck rather than, you know, maintaining and grasping the puck. So it's, it's a, I mean, I, I, I wish that we had more of an emphasis on puck possession and puck skills back then, but I, I think that they also could go back and add some more on that checking physicality side because you see a lot of dangerous hockey these days at all ages. I mean, even the pros, you do the kids because, you know, there's so much emphasis on skill that they forgot that checking is a skill, receiving a check is a skill, giving it, and how to protect yourself. I mean, guys are going to all areas of the ice uh, with no care for themselves or other people, and I, I don't think they're getting taught that anymore because they're just, hey, people either don't know how to hit, so they're hitting people recklessly, or, you know, they just don't know how to protect themselves, so the guys that do know how to hit are blowing people up, and, you know, it, it looks so bad. Some of these hits, some of these clean hits look so bad, but it's a clean hit. Pick your head up. It's hockey. And I think they need to go back to doing a better job of educating players at a young age of how to give and receive hits. And, you know, not, not emphasize, hey, let's have, let's have our practice. We'll just keep our head down skating through the middle of the ice left and right. I've, I've seen a lot of people say, and, and I, I'm kind of back and forth on this, that um, a lot of the receiving of hits that's uh, – kind of shown that that you know they're not receiving the hits the way they used to people say bring back the red line and then you're not going to see a lot of those those monstrous hits where these guys are are you know getting their their head hit uh first because their heads down because they're skating through the neutral zone what do you think of that you think that uh the, taking the red zone out or red line out was was good for the game or would you like to see it come back I, I go back and forth on it just because I hate how much trapping is going on in the game. It just seems like everybody's everyone's flying the zone. You know, it's just a one-man forecheck when there's clean possession. And now you're getting this weird phenomenon of the defenseman, if they don't have a play, it's just throwing the puck, you know, about 12 feet of flipping, you know, puck 12 feet in the air, cross the ice to the other team's defenseman, and basically the guy's got to catch it and make a play off of it before he gets blown up. I mean, there's really not a lot of... There's some puck movement, but there's just I don't know. I don't I don't like the flow. It almost has it almost has too much of a, a derby flow to it. Nothing against the the roller side. I mean okay. that's their niche and they have a great thing. But I mean, what makes ice great is the physicality. But I think as long as guys are you have monster guys, and now you're having your in, you know your infusion of the small you know smaller players, and everyone's going 100 miles an hour because speed's an emphasis. I was like, when you get people of all shapes and sizes going to 100 miles an hour, like you're going to have big, ugly, crazy collisions. Like, you can't eliminate head contact because there's just too much of a size differential and there's, you know, too, too many different variances of speed. Like, just because a guy's six foot six lowers his shoulder on a guy and, you know, he clips his shoulder but gets his head, like, there's no intent to blow the guy up. It's just physics and, it's just physics and, uh, you know, hockey happens. Like, that's, I mean, that's what you get for being a five foot seven guy, uh, you know, out there playing a big, fast, strong game. Like, you know, but my, my big beef is you get these defensemen that know that they're going to get hit, and instead of bracing themselves along the boards for a contact or distributing the puck, they'd rather just you know spin away. They'd rather just turn their backs into the hits, and they just get plowed into the boards or face first against the glass instead of uh, you know you know they'll they'll take the dangerous play instead of guys uh, you know just taking a hit. People want to spin out of it, and you, you, you if you once you get committed to a hit, you can't stop on a dime and change course or change direction you're already pot committed so I, I i think there are some idiots out there that who hit wrong but there's a lot of idiots out there that put themselves in a lot of vulnerable positions so i mean i i would say yes i mean i'd bring back the red line you know i tested in the minors the first to see it but 
I just I, I, I think there's just too much heavy emphasis on the offense that they're going to want to keep that red line in there. Yeah, I was going to say likelihood of that's probably pretty low. Yeah, uh, I agree. So from a from a coaching standpoint, kind of getting into the Blues here, um, you know, obviously you understand the game, you understand uh, the strategies that uh, maybe we saw between Hitchcock and uh, Mike Yo and now Craig Berube, the the different games they've been playing. Uh, what is wrong with this team in your eyes as a head coach? Oh man, I know there's a you lot. Know, I'm, this, I'm this... on the road. I'm on the road driving, so driving depressed probably isn't the uh, you know. <laughs> It's not the safest thing. I mean, this, this this answer could be three hours it, long. I mean, it's how do you it, it's how do you fix what is wrong defensively? Because it's all on that side of the puck. I think there's enough there for the goals to come. But what's what's wrong with defensively? Is it the is it the personnel? Is it the is it the structure and systems? Or is it the players just buying in and not wanting to do or not agreeing? I mean. There was a there was a gradual difference between what Yo and Hitchcock was trying to do, and I haven't watched too many games in the Berube era, era, but uh, you could tell that there was different stuff. Now, you know, they bought in the very first year right after Hitch, so does that mean that you know it, it's almost like a chicken or a neck thing, or is it a combination of all three? Because you could tell as the longer that Yo took over that what he was doing wasn't working uh, at times, and. You know, guys simply weren't having it. And then you look on the back end, like, you know, that's, they, they, they have some weak spots back there, and they did not have the personnel to do with what Gil wanted to do on the back end. And ultimately, look, look what happened. So, I mean, is it a Gil issue, a player issue? Is it Doug Armstrong? So I guess the correct answer in long form would be uh, yes, all of it. I mean, it's, it was, you know, you don't have, you know, you have a crap system, and you don't have the right players to play the crap system. And, uh, you, you have the wrong players that don't want to buy in, so it's yeah, it's it's like three swings and you're out, and uh, that's where you ended up. So, are you pro or anti Jake Allen? Uh, well, I mean, I'm pro because I'm pro because you know, out of there's nothing else. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I think he's had his moments, but. You know, I, I don't I don't pinpoint a lot of stuff on him because he's shown he can win. He's stolen a playoff series. He's you know, he's brought a team into the playoffs single handedly. So he's shown it there. But I mean, I wouldn't have given him that extension without proving anything. So I mean, everybody knows where where my venom lays with this uh, team. But uh, I, I think they should have. I just want to know how many safety nets they have to cut in order for this guy to succeed. Because it seems like each year that they think they're bringing in someone in to give him more confidence, and the guy just it turns around and backfires on him. Like no one expected Hutton to be this lights out uh, backup goalie, and that backfired. And but now, I mean, I, I don't have faith in Johnson whatsoever. So, you know, what what happens if he fails and, and Allen fails? So, uh, I mean, at some point they got to they got to make a decision on this guy and either stick with it and ride it out, or you know, go from there. And obviously, going in, I mean, this is uh, December we're talking here, but. Uh, you know, last year, the, the response everybody gave with what's wrong with this team, what do you do to fix it, was, ah, oh, John Tavares is a free agent, sign him. Well, next summer, Sergei Bobrovsky is a free agent, so that's the that's what everybody's levitating to now. Realistically, if the Blues were to make a change in goal, and again, this this could be a very uh, different answer than, than maybe I'm expecting, but what would you 
try to do as as GM Doug Armstrong? My first, I mean, I mean, I don't, I can't see him taking Allen's contract. So that's why I've never really been the hey, let's get Allen out of here because I think that they're just locked in. Like there's just too many decent goalie options out there, and you're going to have to inherit a headache to take on for, to get rid of a headache. So unless you find lightning in a bottle. I would, I mean, if you can't do that, I mean, they spend all this money on our offense. You know, they they have all these high premium picks on offense. I mean, the defense, the defense is the reason why they are where they are right now. I mean, you know, Preco had been garbage up until you know maybe a week ago. Petro was himself. Uh, Bo Meester's Bo Meester. Garson, you know, there's question marks about him. Uh, I mean, Dunn gets a free pass because he's a young guy and he does some decent things offensively, but. He wasn't lighting the world on fire, so basically you had Edmondson as the only defenseman performing up to up to par. So I mean, you, you basically had four or five question marks on defense. So if you're going to invest anywhere, I, I would. I mean, with with uh, Bowmeister and probably Gunnarsson coming off the books, I, I would go. I would find the best left-handed defenseman I possibly could, and if that meant sacrificing a young forward to do it uh, at some point, then then so be it. Because uh, until they get the defense cleaned up, there's no way. There's no way that they're going to help on anything because these guys aren't clearing the puck. Uh, you know, they, they can't retrieve the puck in the defensive zone. They don't clear the front of the net, and most of them can't make anything happen offensively to uh, to, to help out on the transition. So uh, I know it's kind of a curveball going away from the goalie question, but uh, I would I would I would go after defense in a heartbeat. Oh, I'm with you 100. Uh, percent You mentioned uh, Petrangelo and Gunnarsson. Uh, two guys who are out injured right now. Gunnarsson on the way back, uh, hopefully here in the next week or so. But Petrangelo, they're saying he's going to be reevaluated around Christmas. Same for uh, Robbie Fabry. Lots of injuries on this team. Uh, so, so taking that into consideration, as well as where they're at in the standings, what do you? Exp- uh, I guess what? Which way are you focusing? Are you saying you're still in it? You know, uh, Pacific's been bad, which means. You could probably still get a wild card spot if you have a good winning streak, or are you on the uh, lose for Hughes bandwagon. I, I, I'm, I mean, with baseball season so far away, I we got we got to at least keep hoping for wins because it would be the most lose thing ever for them to try to tank and lose, and then somehow they get stuck with like the third or fourth overall pick instead of the first or second. And then on top of it, it was freaking Chicago uh, for that pick. So, I mean, I, I'm not a big into the, the tanking thing. I don't think they have – I mean, they have some pieces, but most of their pieces are hurt right now that they would trade. So, I mean, I think they go on a run, to be honest with you. I, I, you know, they backs are against the walls, and, you know, all we heard was the skilled hockey this, skilled hockey that. Well, they have to dummy – they have to dummy their game now and just play meat and potatoes hockey and – they have to go back to their roots, and it'll it'll be nice to see them. There's still enough skill up front that they can make a run and go through adversity. I mean, it, it's going to suck losing Petrangelo back there, but I, I mean, it's it's just way too early to to get any messes because you can't trade anybody right now. They're they're stuck because there's so many guys hurt that anybody that you would want to trade is either hurt or there's not enough people in the in the minors to uh, supplement if you wanted to get rid of a guy or two. So. You might as well just hope for decent hockey until either baseball season starts or, uh, you know, they make a run or get guys healthy that we can make a few trades. So let's try and be a little positive here. You were just kind of being an optimist there, which uh, was great. I know everyone's going to piss themselves when they uh, hear that when it goes live. But, say, yeah, that's not a lippo. 
Who's <laughs> <laughs> this imposter? Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, again, we're going to kind of move into the more positive side. Ryan O'Reilly, obviously, has been fantastic this year, quite the find in that trade. But outside of O'Reilly, is there anyone else that's kind of uh, risen up and impressed you this year on this roster? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Tough question. <laughs> I mean, the beer the beer vendors have been doing a good job with their uh, $12 beers. I mean, everyone stayed hydrated watching this debacle. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, no, no, not really. I mean, ever, I mean it's just... Uh, I, I mean, you could go with the fourth line guys, but I feel like every year we're just, you know, deep throating the fourth line guys because of how good they're playing. I mean, is that because they're playing good or because of everyone else's bad? Because it seems like all we do is ran rip off fourth liners the last two years. And it's like, you know, do you notice that trend? Like, which way, which way are we going here? Is, there, is, there, is the top nine that bad or are those guys that good yeah. recently? That, that <laughs> has been the, uh, the argument. It's, uh, you know, Dimitri Yashkin, people love to hate him and, Hated to love him, and uh, it was back and forth with Kyle Brodziak, and yeah, you're definitely seeing it almost every year with Blues fans. I mean, I, I like, I, I mean, I do like, what, I mean, it's about time Barbashev's finally, you know, performing. I mean, he showed sparks a couple of years ago, especially like that Minnesota playoff run, but I mean, I mean, Tarasenko's not, I mean, Tarasenko's only a point or two behind O'Reilly. I mean, he's, I, I've noticed a change with the way he's game. I mean, he actually looks like he, he gives a crap out there. Uh, it's just the team, since he's the face of the team with the success, just like the Trangel, he's getting a lot of heat. But, I mean, he, he hasn't been bad. But, I mean, there's just been a lot of meh uh, on it. I mean, you go up and down the roster. I mean, they, a couple of guys have had stretches, but nothing, nothing. I mean, I mean, our boy Patty Maroon, I mean, he's been more, he's been pretty damn entertaining off the ice with the, uh, with a few of these in- interviews. I like the one-hit wonder track he had after the last game, after the Phoenix, I think it was the Phoenix game, so... Uh, I think I think they're going to turn it around. I mean, at least, at least they're going to show there's just too much talent here for them just to uh, roll over like that. So you mentioned uh, the Arizona Coyotes there, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on uh, the big news today uh, with Seattle coming in in 21-22. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes are the team that will be joining the Blues in the Central Division. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a nice – Phoenix is a nice place to visit on the road. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a nice boozing city. Uh, you know, so that that's a plus. I mean, are they really going to be in Phoenix by time in 21, 22? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, like, I mean, they, they could, I mean, yeah, that, that franchise will be in the central division, but, uh, what, what city they're in? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's anyone's guess at that point, but I mean, I wish, I wish it would have been, I mean, especially after watching game last week, I, I want to hate Detroit again. I mean, yes. I, I get from a logistics standpoint, but I miss hating Detroit. I mean, I guess I can channel my, you know, 1998, 99 roots and hate Phoenix again, or Arizona, or whatever they want to call themselves, but I really, I really miss hating Detroit. But I'm just glad there's 32 teams. If only they can scrap the divisional, uh, if they can scrap the divisional, like, playoff series and just go back to the typical one versus eight now that there's even teams, uh, you know, the league might actually have, you know, not do something stupid. Barring this lockout that's going to happen a year or two before that. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm going to ask you a question that I already know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it because I want to hear the answer. Should the Blues retire number 44? Oh, my God. You just, you just, you just know how to say all the right things, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> uh, but the question is, what, what's taking so long? That's what I uh, keep saying. What's, what's, 
what's taking him long? I mean, did he? I mean, did he bang Stillman's wife or piss off Doug Armstrong or something? Like, what's 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 going on here? I mean, he he was a Hart Trophy winner, like arguably one of the best season you know of modern history by a defenseman. Well, what's what's taking so long? Why is why are we not you know sold out a Thursday night game versus Carolina? You know. To, to retire this guy just to fill some seats like the statue should have been built already I mean I, I get in I get in arguments with friends all the time that I would you know I thought he was better than McKinnis so where, where's where's the statue so yeah God bless your soul for asking that one. <laughs> oh no hey it's I I, I want to start asking every single person I ever meet that question because most of them say yes why is it not retired yet it's ridiculous yeah. yeah, I mean, but they also, I mean, it also took him almost 50 years to retire Bob Plager. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a blues. When, when do they ever get anything right on the first try? That's uh, true. That's true. God, I hope it's not 50 years until we see that number retired. No, it, it, it won't be. You'll, you'll see me on the news before then. <laughs> Hopefully it's uh, to, to spread the cheer of uh, why it should be and not because of some mass murder or something. Oh, no, God, no. They're definitely, I mean, they... They uh, they kill my liver and brain cells, but that's all they're getting out of me. <laughs> I hear you, man. All right, Art Lippo, this has been uh, this has been great. I appreciate you coming on. I do want to give you the opportunity to uh, tell our listeners how they can interact with you, where they can find you, and um, also, of course, your uh, what you do for game time. Oh well, you know, I you can Twitter handle Art at Art Lippo. Um, reach out and say hello anytime you want. I, I like interacting. I travel a lot, so it's, it's definitely fun doing the banner in the back and forth. Uh, you know, I really laps with my phone, basically a question and answer because everyone likes hearing the uh, sarcastic stories over the years. Uh, <laughs> you know, just just different questions about that week, and we get fun answers with it. Um, you know, I just love, uh, I, I, I like talking hockey. I like, it, you know, arguing, bickering about hockey. I like making fun of Facebook pages, uh, you know, that take it too seriously. So, you know, at our lip, but we just like to have fun with it. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Hey, thanks, Pondo. Have a good one, buddy. Well, that was my interview with Art Lippo. Now we move into previewing tomorrow night's game. I record this on December 4th, 2018. Uh, they will be playing the Edmonton Oilers in St. Louis on um, Wednesday, December 5th. So I preview that game with Michael A. Bear of the Oilers Live podcast, which can be found at oilers.live. And here he is, here's Michael, to preview the Blues and Oilers game. This is Jeff from Let's Go Blues Radio, and today I am joined by Michael A. Bear of Oilers Live, a uh, Oilers podcast that does post-game shows and live shows uh, similar to the format you might hear with Let's Go Blues Radio. You can follow them on Twitter at Oilers Live, and you can find their shows at Oilers.Live. Michael, thank you for joining the show. Yeah, hey, Jeff, and hey to all you St. Louis Blues fans out there. Uh, fellow, we were talking off the air, fellow Grant Fuhr fan that I'm talking to here as well. You bet, yeah. I think if you're a fan of the game, you got to be a fan of, of Fearsy, no doubt. Yeah, so you were telling me that you saw the Making Coco movie, which is not premiered yet in the U.S. Uh, what were your thoughts? So strongly recommend it. Uh, again, I mean, it just comes back to being a fan of hockey, right? And if you're a fan of hockey, you got to be a fan of uh, some of the greats, anybody in the Hall of Fame. And um, Grand Fear is a class act. 
as I as I told you, um, I had a chance to meet him uh, before and after the premiere, and um, you know, I, I he's one of those uh, folks that everybody wants to talk to, and he just seems to have infinite time for people in just a nice and friendly way. So, oh, go ahead. No, just saying, love the guy. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, it, and uh, I was telling you off air that Curtis Joseph was in town here in St. Louis signing his new book. And uh, you made the comment, a lot of goaltending history between the, uh, the the Blues and Oilers. And and another one that comes to mind, I think, is Fred Brathwaite, correct? <laughs> yeah, Fred, Freddie Brathwaite. <laughs> not quite Hall of Fame material. Maybe not in the same breath as Curtis Joseph and Grant Fear, But yeah, I remember Mr. Brathwaite. <laughs> that might be the first time those three guys were mentioned in the same sentence. Yeah, yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> good good reference, though. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I wouldn't have even brought that one up. If there's, a, if there's one thing I'm good at, it's obscure hockey references. <laughs> all right, well, I'm <laughs> coming. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I guess uh, as an Oilers fan uh, growing up, um, how much do you hate Steve Smith? I, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and uh, I probably won't say this on my own show, but um, actually, growing up, I was one of those nasty kids that wanted to be opposite of everybody, and so it was actually I didn't cheer for the Oilers, which I missed the glory years. Uh, oh, that's a shame. Sad, sad thing, but um, you know, now I can look back. I did live through it, and of course, got to see the Stanley Cups around town and. Uh, there were some great times. I just, I wish that I had really sort of appreciated what we had. I mean, I saw, I went to games back then. I, I just, I was a Habs fan. A Habs fan, really? Well, they, I mean, they were pretty good back then too. Yeah, a little known fact, they actually played a series against the Oilers and lost uh, 1980, 79 or 80. It must have been 1980. Yeah, it was when, when they were doing best of fives back in the day. Okay. So let me ask then, um, I mean, obviously you're, you're going to root for uh, the Oilers now, and, and I would imagine you still have a soft spot for the Canadiens, but with you living north of the border, are you kind of just rooting for Canada to get the Stanley Cup back, or, or is there certain teams you're like, nah, I don't want the Canucks to have one? No, you know what, I've never understood that. Uh, you know, the thing is in Canada, right, hockey's big. Right. So it's kind of like football, uh, you know, of course, south of the border. And you don't root for somebody that's got a lot of fans. Right. And so, you know, for instance, I, my, my feeling is, is um, let's take some, let's take uh, the Phoenix uh, Coyotes or Arizona Coyotes, whatever they're called this year. Uh, you know, if they win the Stanley Cup, you know, nobody is ever going to chirp me about Arizona winning the Stanley Cup because I'm, I'd be lucky if I ever found a fan here, right? <laughs> right. You know, and if, if the Flames, for instance, win the Stanley Cup, I'll never hear the end of it. Uh, like, I'll run into Flames fans, and every time they see me, they'll say, huh, when's the last time you guys won a cup? Uh, it's just not going to happen the other way around. So, no, I'm, I'm of the opinion that the last person or the last team I want to win is a Canadian team especially not the Leafs or the Flames. <laughs> well, Flames, I understand. I think uh, I think 30 other cities would agree with you that they don't want Toronto to win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about the Oilers before we get into the Blues and Oilers matchup on Wednesday night. Uh, big news and, and a little tie-in here with the Blues. 
recently was uh, uh, Ken Hitchcock being brought in as the head coach for the Edmonton Oilers. Kind of a shock to at least everyone here in St. Louis. Uh, was it a shock to you? Was there writing on the wall for that? And uh, what did you think of the firing of Todd McClellan? Yeah, well, again, here's another thing I won't say on uh, on my my show, but I think Matthew Kachuk could be uh, uh, said to, and there's a, a St. Louis tie in there, but um, uh, I think Matthew Kachuk could be said to have uh, cost McClellan his job uh, for the Flames, last Flames Oilers game. Uh, McClellan really overplayed Lucic, which is anything more than five minutes a game. And, um, you know, it's. Uh, you know the reality is is um i've not been i've not been a big fan of mcclellan for some time there's a uh, there's there's three caps in edmonton uh, or were there's the uh, fire mcclellan cap which now they've won out there's the fire chirelli cap and then there's the fire everybody cap <laughs> and uh you know i was more on the fire mcclellan cap i just felt like you know, last season was uh, all the uh, pundits said the Oilers were going to the Stanley Cup. They didn't make it. So, you know, to me, it's coaching. And there were times last year where, you know, I thought he just made some really bad moves. And this year was none, no different. You've got a squad now under a new coach that seems to be doing, you know, four, two and one since Hitchcock's been been in place. So, um, yeah, I don't think it was a surprise McClellan was gone. Um, but Hitchcock, big surprise. I mean, I don't think anybody in the world saw that coming. Uh, yeah. No, I, that's how we have felt in St. Louis. I mean, we were fresh off the heels of Mike Yo losing his job. And then you hear Ken Hitchcock replacing Tom McClellan on Edmonton. And it was just a, a, what? He, he's not done. He didn't retire after leaving Dallas. So yeah, it was, I think it was a shock around the, uh, the entire hockey world that, that he was able to step in like that and take over the Oilers behind the bench. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal. I, I mean, who, who would have figured I, I just, uh, you know, nobody knew uh, or Hitchcock was even in the running. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, but that's the way things happen. Obviously uh, they'd been talking to him for a little bit because you don't just, uh, you know, make that announcement the day later. Right. Um, it happened pretty quick. So so what do you think of the hiring? Are you a fan of uh, bringing in a guy like Hitchcock? I I think it's hard not to be a fan of Hitchcock. I mean, his record speaks for itself. He's um he's also a hometown hometown guy. He's uh from the region. He uh you know, he worked his way up the ranks. He he coached uh midget and then uh upwards um until he hit, made it to the NHL. Uh you know what? He um he brings something not many coaches bring and that's a certain professionalism post game and, and with the team and, and um, you just listen to him speak. He just exudes leadership. Right. Um, Now there's a lot of people that, uh, and, and Oilers fans being a passionate fan base, there's a lot of complaints all the time. Uh, So if you, if you don't like hearing complaints, you stay off of Twitter. Uh, (laughs) But uh, you know, the reality is, is, um, you know, he, he play, he does play a defensive style and um, I just don't think, uh, you know, it matters. You got a guy like McDavid on your team and you can play as defensive as you want. He's still going to score goals. He's just, you know, in, in hockey parlance, he's a, he's a beauty. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, I mean, you said that I believe they're four, two and one 
since Hitchcock was hired. Um, I mean, have, have you noticed a, a major difference in the way the team has looked in just those couple games? Yeah, so they lost last night. Um, you know, much has been made, obviously, about the uh, lack of offense uh, in one game, <laughs> right? I mean, lots of teams go, you know, it's you know, as they say, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Right. Um, you know, it, they didn't look great, but you take McDavid out of the lineup and, and offensively you're not going to look good. But that was a one-goal game for through two periods against the Stars who have been undefeated except for against the Oilers in the Pacific so far. Um, you know, so they were in that game, a couple of stupid penalties and they're out of it. He um, he's turned this, uh, it was a leaking ship before, um, before he came on board. So obviously there's some change. They've, they forecheck a lot harder uh, than they ever have. I, I think the most interesting thing that I find is you, you, You've taken a team that last year everybody said looked slow and you've added some forecheck. Uh, and I think that they look crazy as it sounds. They look faster. I mean, McDavid always is fast, but but the rest of the team looks faster. I actually have it. Uh, I tweeted about it last night, but McDa- or Lucic beat uh, Taylor Fadoon to a, to a puck. <laughs> wow. Time. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's Hitchcock or what, but uh, yeah, no. Kevin Quinn said it right on the air, and uh, I I had to tweet it. I even rewound it just to make sure I heard it right. <laughs> so you've got a couple other Blues tie-ins there. Uh, one being another hometown boy, Kyle Brodziak. Uh, Blues fans are kind of sad to see him go, as was I. Um, what have uh, what have what have you seen in his game that you've either liked or disliked? Well, so you guys know what what you get with a guy like Kyle Brodziak. And, um, of course, he was in Edmonton. Uh, He's never played a different game than he, you know, he's always played the same game. Um, He is, uh, I think he played like a veteran when he got into the league. Um, He's just been a grinder. He's been solid. He doesn't do much wrong. Uh, the challenge with uh, that he probably has, and and you'll notice night after night, is, uh, you know, just foot speed. Uh, there's no doubt the game is, you know, is faster. Uh, there's guys that are uh, sitting out uh, this this time of year right now that could have played maybe two years ago at the age they're at. Um, but um, if you can't skate and keep up right now, uh, you know, you're just not going to be able to do it. And, and Brodjack, certain nights he looks a little bit slower than than other nights, but um, he's found a place with Cassian and Lucic uh, in what uh, Hitchcock is calling the identity line um and the three of them look uh, they've been getting some good zone time no no points mind you but uh, good zone time yeah one goal two assists for uh Brodziak, which is about what you would expect from a player like him at this point in the season but obviously something else you'd expect at this point in the year Connor mcdavid having a massive massive year again even though he just uh, he was just hurt or out ill uh what's his um What's his well? What's what's he looking like? Is he going to be playing Wednesday night for one and two? Uh, does he has he looked any slower or showing any fatigue from his illness? No, I, you know, I, I can tell you as a guy that watches the Oilers every game, um, it's I'm still I still sit in awe of this guy, and um, you know I'll go back to being a fan of the game. If you're a fan of the game, you're a fan of Connor McDavid. 
And, uh, you know, obviously you don't want him to succeed when he's playing against your team. I get that. Um, but he makes good players look like junior players on a regular basis. Um, you know, it is, um, it is something to watch. And, and I, I don't know, you know, if it's like, I'm a tall guy, I'm six foot five. And and every time I run into people, they say, are you taller? It's like watching Connor McDavid. And every time you see him, you're like, are you faster? Because, you know, like it just, he just does new things. Uh, you know, he scored against uh, Vegas the other night, uh, a goal where he started in the defensive zone, beat everybody. They show, they've got all that neat technology now where they can, do you know how long or how fast they're going and he went from i don't know 20 kilometers an hour to 33 kilometers an hour in two strides and uh blew past i can't remember who it was on vegas and then did some sick move at top speed that i can't do in slow motion uh (laughs) you know the guy is a is a gem uh if not for him well we'd probably have another you know a lot of one goal games like we had last night he is playing, by the way. He'll be in. Uh, he'll be in the lineup. And I, I you know, I, I kind of, I hope he's a hundred percent, because last year much was made of him playing uh, with the flu for a week or two weeks. Um, I, I just, I hope they don't overplay him. That's my, that's my hope. Well, player of that caliber, they do tend to get overplayed. So you have to hope that uh, a veteran coach like Hitchcock. Uh, doesn't overdo it. But um, you look at uh, uh, another player that uh, is kind of been in the spotlight in Edmonton because he had such a big year two years ago, big in the playoffs, uh, kind of an off year last year, but he seems to have righted the ship, at least from what I've seen, uh, Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, what have you seen, uh, if you have seen anything different in his game this year from last year? Yeah, so, you know, here's – I think you'd have to live through an Edmonton market or maybe a Canadian hockey market for a little bit to understand that folks up here love to complain. And, uh, you know, Dreisaitl is another one of those guys that, you know, 50% of the fans think he's overpaid. He's on pace for 90 points. Uh, I don't know. You tell me if that's being overpaid. 90 points is a pretty good season. Uh, He is... um, did you watch Lemieux? Like, have you seen clips of Lemieux? Now, I'm oh, not, of course. Yeah, I'm not going to compare Dreisaitl to Lemieux. But what I do find is when you watch Lemieux play, he always looked like he was going half speed. Mm-hmm. But somehow he ended up past guys. Like, he had this um, he had this sort of sneaky speed. And Dreisaitl has that. And sometimes I think that uh, folks out there think he's being lazy. Actually, I know that. I mean, it's <laughs> you just just search "lazy" and "drysital" on Twitter, and you probably find a thousand tweets about it. <laughs> with, uh, you know, any number of profanities. Uh, and um, you know, at the end of the day, he's um, you know he's got that sneaky speed. He makes passes like uh, you know something I've never seen, and and uh, he's also got an eye for the net. You know, he scores goals uh, on the one timer uh from right on the goal line it seems uh when he does uh he's a he's you know he's fun to watch um i think though you really got to you got to watch him right because if you just take little clips you might think he's being lazy i i don't think he is and 90 points certainly not some people will say well he's playing with mcdavid uh, you know i don't know 
still <laughs> He's a special player. There's no, there's no denying that. He last night he looked great in my mind. Yeah. Effortless and elusive. That's what I used to describe him. I mean, it, not that he's he is doing with no effort. It's that that's the way he looks. And there are just certain players that have that swagger about them. And I, I definitely agree with you that the dry sidle has that swagger. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to steal that effortless and elusive. I agree. 100%. There you go. All right. Well, well, you don't have to credit me. You can tell people you stole it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so also I want to talk to you real quick about uh, uh, Ty Reddy guy that was brought in over the off season, former blue. He was a highly touted prospect. Didn't really uh, get a get a lot of looks here because uh, he just didn't seem to fit the NHL mold. Uh, Carolina takes him, doesn't do too much there. Has a huge preseason. Uh, granted, it's just preseason yeah. uh, in Edmonton. Had people in St. Louis talking, well, look what this guy can do. Uh, but here we are, about 25 games in, 26 games in. Uh, he's playing 15 of them, two goals, two assists. Uh, was that... Preseason, just a, a, a an aberration, or do you think there that he has a little more to give? Well, there's no doubt he needs, uh, you know, he needs some offensively gifted center or you know wingers, uh, him to center some wingers um, in order to um, to get up there offensively. Uh, he he'd have played more if he didn't get injured early on. Uh, which really hurt. Um, he was on a roll in preseason, obviously. Then he got injured and uh, was out right away. Uh, I think that hurt uh, a lot. He, you know, he did well in the AHL last year. Of course, when he was um, in St. Louis, it was uh, under Hitchcock that uh, he didn't get a look. Um, so lots has been made of that and whether or not this means the end of Ty Ratty. Uh, but he got sat. So, yeah, second game into Hitchcock's reign, with the Oilers, he um, he was a healthy scratch. Second or third game, uh, you know, either way. Um, and so, you know, even I thought maybe that would be the end of Ratty. He came back and uh, a couple games later, and he's looked um, he's looked decent. He's skating, he's hitting, he's playing a Hitchcock type type of game. Um, you know, I don't know if if he um, if he works his way up the lineup. And uh, the one thing I I think with Hitchcock that, um, you know, he, I think he looks at everybody, you know, on a game by game basis. You know, I think, I think a lot of coaches have favorites. Um, I think he's a little bit better than that, you know, where he, um, you know, he can say, look, I didn't like you before Ratty, but I like you now. And, uh, and I think Ratty could, could work his way back on the McDavid's line. And I think if he can get some success, uh, and do that, then um, maybe the Oilers got a little bit more of a threat. Uh, but it, it's going to take some time. Um, he's got, he's definitely got some talent. He, um, you know, lots was talked about how he can keep a play alive in the offensive zone. And, and he's certainly good at that. Uh, you know, he's, he's like a lot of players that are his size. Um, confidence drives them. And uh, when he's confident, he plays, he plays certainly a lot better. Um, he's, he's had a couple of good games. We'll see what happens. I mean, obviously the, uh, the, you know, the next couple of games will probably make or break him, I think in Hitchcock's mind. So goaltending uh, from what I've read has kind of been a, a big topic of conversation at Edmonton with Cam Talbot getting uh, very slightly 
uh, the majority of the, the more of the starts than Miko Koskinen. But uh, Koskinen has some great numbers. He's won more games and uh, winning percentage is much higher uh, from what I've seen. He's looked better in games. Uh, what's the talk there in Edmonton? And uh, is he the team starter at this point? Yeah, so I, I don't think there is a goalie controversy. I think he is the starter. Um, there's no doubt there. Uh, since Hitchcock's come in again, there's another thing that, um, you know, if we if we look back to the McClellan reign, there's a couple of his favorites that he had. Lucic was one, uh, and we all know where that's going. Um, you know, and uh, Talbot was another. He played Talbot through everything. In fact, he overplayed him. Um, and uh, this year, you know, Koskinen came in and had a couple games, but he still didn't seem to want to play Koskinen. Uh, but now I think Hitchcock's in. He's going to he's going to ride this Koskinen wave. I mean, I don't see how you can't. He um, last night he looked great. It, granted, it was a three goal game, but, um, you know, there were a couple of broken plays there that led to that. Uh, you know, Koskinen's been a good goalie. He um, at the beginning of the season, they thought at two and a half million he was overpaid. I tell you now that he's looking like an underpaid goalie. Yeah. That's the way it works, though, with goaltenders. You really don't know until you get him in game game play. Um, but he's adjusted well to the North American game. You know, he's playing the uh, playing the bottom of the bottom of the net well, which was a problem for him uh, in preseason. Um, you know, I, my understanding is in the KHL they do a lot more uh, shots from the outside. Um, and, uh, you know, they're up high, uh, he's a big goalie. Um, and then the, uh, in the NHL, I know, and, and, you know, from watching, there's a lot of, you know, net front and, uh, trying to bang pucks in. And he had some trouble with that early on, which he seems to have uh, corrected. He's a smart guy. You know, he's doing well. Yeah. No, no controversy. Not in my mind. Uh, I think he's slated to play tomorrow. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Uh, so yeah, looking at uh, the two teams meeting up tomorrow night, the uh, the Edmonton Oilers right now are, are in a thick battle for a playoff spot. Uh, as as it stands on Tuesday, December fourth, uh, they are two points out of a, of a wild card spot behind the Minnesota Wild, Vegas Golden Knights right ahead of them, which uh, the Oilers beat the other night. Uh, and the Blues are obviously uh, kind of holding down the fort there at the bottom of the Central Division. And uh, just uh, tied with Los Angeles for um, uh, bottom of the entire conference. Uh, but the big thing to note here is, and we've kind of already mentioned it a little bit, both teams have made head coaching changes. Uh, so if the Blues, now the Blues might know a little bit of what they're about to get in a Ken Hitchcock coach team, but uh, the Blues offenses look good, the defenses look poor. Uh, how how worried are you? going in as, as an Oilers fan to see this Blues offense? Yeah, you know, I mean, in this uh, in the past seven games since the coaching change, we've, we've faced, uh, you know, Vegas, who's on a hot streak. We've faced San Jose, uh, you know, which, you know, I, there's a tale of two teams in San Jose for sure. Um, I, I, I think that uh, this is a match that um, Oilers fans feel confident about. Uh, you know, I mean, it's been a tough year for your team, obviously. 
uh, which it kind of came out of nowhere. There's some good players um, in St. Louis. I, I do agree, um, you know, they're a better offensive team, at least right now. Uh, they got some guys that can really sort of, you know, surprise you and, and make you pay for uh, some mistakes. I think, or I'd like to think anyway, that uh, under Hitchcock, the Oilers are a better defensive team. Uh, they're communicating a little bit more. Um, I What I'm really curious about, do you know, is Maroon playing? Uh, tomorrow night? I, I believe so, yes. Okay. Um, you know, I'm curious how like guys like Maroon and, and Perron uh, play against their old team. Um, Oilers have this uh, this thing, um, you know, where, you know, ex-players seem to, you know, light us up every <laughs> every time. Uh, I, I Last year, the last couple of years, we seem to be out of that. Um, but every now and again, it rears its ugly head and, and uh you know, the best bet for St. Louis is probably to play their backup goalie because we always seem to get them on their best nights. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll pass that on to head coach Craig Ruby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think um, I think we're all right. I think, you know, we're, we'll be all right. I think with McDavid in, uh, you know, it changes the face of the game a little bit. Um, he's obviously going to want to get back in the saddle and, and – uh, play hard and i think this team's got something to play for right now so right now uh ryan o'reilly has been um kind of the the biggest offensive push for the st louis blues with obviously vladimir tarasenko playing on his wing uh who will they be matched up against tomorrow night i you know that's a good question i mean uh my my feeling would be um Right, like any chance uh, Hitchcock gets, he'll try to go one for one, right? Line one against line one. Um, and if not them, um, you know, the uh, wherever Nuge is playing. Uh, so Nuge is, is really, um, you know, he's proven to be like a two-way player. Uh, you know, sneaky, easily in my mind anyway. Uh, and I'm slightly biased, one of the better two-way players in the league. Um, you know, it, I I would like to see that matchup. I'd love to see how Nuge plays against um against uh, Tarasenko and and uh, Riley. So uh, one last question I want to ask you. Um, I want to uh, well, obviously the big news today uh, out of the NHL was the Seattle franchise being announced as the thirty second franchise in the NHL. Um, and with that, they will play in the Pacific Division, the Arizona Coyotes will be moving to the Central Division in 2021-2022. But I want to ask you specifically, because of your allegiance, uh, one of the rumors that were floated around was both Alberta teams possibly would have been moved over to the Central with um, the Colorado Avalanche going over to the Pacific. Um, Both those scenarios, the one that's going to happen and the one that was proposed, which one would you have uh, preferred? Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't actually hear that. Um, I, I actually, uh, I think that would have been great. Um, get back uh, into the uh, old Jets Oilers matchups that used to happen. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. Um, I think it's, um, you know, the Vancouver Edmonton rivalry just isn't the same. And Vancouver will have a rivalry now with Seattle. Uh, I, I actually, yeah, I didn't hear that, but uh, I'd certainly go with uh, moving to the Central. Um, I don't know if it, when you're as far north as Edmonton, it doesn't make a real difference in terms of travel. 
Uh, it is what it is, right? You, yeah, you, they they always have the worst travel in the NHL, correct? Yeah, yeah. It, it just there's nothing that's going to help help that. So, so yeah, I I would love to see uh, Jets Oilers. Uh, even the Flames and the Jets have had a good rivalry uh, of late. Um, I hate the Flames, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, since you like that so much, then maybe what I'll do is after I talk to Baruby, I'll call up Gary Bettman and I'll say, "Hey, listen to what we talked about last night." Yeah, if you wouldn't mind, that'd be uh, that'd be great. <laughs> great. Well, hey, Michael, this is uh, this was great. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I want to give you enough time to uh, tell my listeners how they can find your show. I know you uh, you will be doing a, a post game show tomorrow night. Where Blues fans can find that. Um, and then, of course, how they can find you on social media. Yeah, so uh, as uh, is usual in the hockey world, uh, Twitter is a great place to find uh, most folks. Um, so you can find me at Oilers Live, L-I-V-E. And uh, if you want to come to my website, you can go to Oilers.live. Uh, I am going to have you on uh, tomorrow as my guest. Should be fun because I've never had a, a guest on the live show uh, that's uh, associated with the other team. Uh, I do, um, when I do stream the shows live, you can find me on, uh, Twitch, YouTube, uh, just search Oilers live one word, uh, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, uh, on the uh, website, there's a link, uh, you can, uh, log in through a simple radio app if you're uh, in the car and you want to listen. Um, and then of course you can call in, uh, we do a call in show. Um, I think people will be easy on you, Jeff. I hope. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. Uh, but, uh, out. Yeah, it's not hard to find me. Just search Oilers Live, one word, and um, and it'd be great. Uh, by the way, uh, I did uh, before I got on today. I watched uh, uh, one of your live shows. Uh, love the love the comments. Love everything about the show. You guys are doing a a great job, and and um, you know, lots is made of the. Uh, difference between canadian hockey fans and american hockey fans um but i just uh i've talked to a lot of guys around the league uh since i started the pod and uh you know there's some really good fans and you guys are uh are good fans i I doesn't mean i'm gonna go cheer for the blues tomorrow night um but um no you guys are good and you're doing a good thing out there i really appreciate that we started this show back in 2011 because there wasn't enough hockey coverage in St. Louis, we're a baseball town, as a lot of people like to say. So, so yeah, getting some more hockey coverage out there, and now it's blown up. I mean, there's 15, 16 Blues podcasts out there, and, and we're happy to call all of them our friends. So, uh, yeah, very, very good. Thank you for uh, thank you for saying that, and uh, and obviously what you've done, great stuff. Uh, I've watched a couple of your episodes as well. Um, always have entertaining guests, and I'm sorry you're stuck with me tomorrow night. I <laughs> know. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, Michael. Well, a big thank you again goes out to Art and Michael. You can follow both Art and uh, Michael's show, Oilers Live. You can follow him on Twitter at Art Lippo and then at Oilers Live. All one word for each, so that's uh, pretty easy to remember. Of course, you can uh, follow the hosts of this show on Twitter you have Kurt Price at Kurt Price, Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note, and myself, Jeff Ponder, can be found at jponder94. And of course, the uh, the show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Next week, Kurt and Bill will likely make their return. 
and we will likely have one of our regular live shows. It's looking like December 12th, uh, Wednesday, December 12th at 9 p.m. Uh, so mark that on your calendar. That, that would probably make the most sense if you're a new listener. We welcome listener participation during the live shows. But if you can't catch it live, you can always podcast after the episode airs. So again, a big thanks to my guests. A big thanks to you for listening. And uh, that'll do it. So as my friend Kurt Price says when he finishes each show, until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Show Blues Report of the Week. Have a great day. 